the return of a training camp tradition unlike any other for the Phoenix Suns, as well as part three of our 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season series. Talking all about culture coming right up next on Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I am your host, Brendan Clean, covering the Suns as a credentialed media member the past five years and your host here every single morning on here on Locked On Suns. Thank you for making the show your first listen every single morning. We are back to Monday through Friday every single day for you. And uh, not a moment too soon. Suns training camp providing us tons to talk about. So that will be the focus here to start things off. And then I will get to question number three of our 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season, celebrating, of course, the great Steve Nash as we kick off the 21-22 Phoenix Suns season. Lots, lots, lots going on. Again, appreciate all of you for listening. I'm going to plug, just because it is the weekend and we are, uh, you have the new digs, you can see everything behind me. You can see uh, the entire room. Hopefully my face looks a little bit cleaner and... uh, and sharper here with the new camera. I am slowly but surely working my way to a makeshift home studio. Thank you for all of you bearing with that. Thank you to everybody who subscribed already, but what I wanted to say is a reminder to subscribe, and if you have not already, do so on YouTube, because Kelly Oubre, our little buddy here, could be yours. A exclusive one-of-a-kind bobblehead from a few seasons ago. The AirPods, the Converse, the Wave Jacket, all of it. You've heard me talk about it before. I will mail it directly to your home. If you go ahead and subscribe to Locked On Suns, I will pick a random subscriber on YouTube and send Kelly their way. Um, but let me get to my my takeaways from training camp here first because I've yet to actually go in person. I was on the Zoom call today, um, which is its own unique thing. I'm hoping to get out there this weekend if they do media sessions then out to the new practice facility. Partially, I just want to see it. Partially, of course, I want to cover this team for you guys as close up and personal as I can. Um, But the two main things that I want to talk about, two main guys I want to talk about are DeAndre Ayton and Landry Shamit. And we've heard a lot of different things during camp. You know, there was obviously the checking in on Chris Paul. There's been the Devin Booker COVID protocol situation in the NBA more broadly. We've had this whole entire vaccination thing looming over everything. But for Aiton and Shamit in particular, I think that the the sort of chatter around those two can be put into a pretty big bucket. And that to me is the experimentation, the creativity that I think the Suns are approaching not only training camp, but they will be approaching the regular season with. And it's going to go into question number three in this season preview series, which is about the culture and what the state of it is. That's question number three. And that's why I wanted to do a training camp check-in after one week is because they're one and one and the same, frankly. They are the way that training camp has been handled and the way that Aiton and Shamit have shown out so far is a perfect example of what I believe the culture to be. So let me tell you what I mean by that. So Aiton, um, <laughs> the the tradition that I talked about uh, at the top of the show was Aiton talking his own offensive work up, right? Like 
I've been around training camp. I've covered this team every single season of DeAndre Ayton's career. This will be the fourth one. And every single time, it has in large part centered on the work that he's put in on offense. Um, It's not to say that he hasn't improved on that end. I think he absolutely has. I think that in a lot of ways, we've seen the work pay off. He has gotten more consistent in terms of, you know, taking the right types of shots, knowing where to be, knowing how to make his teammates better, screening, getting stronger, finishing at the basket. Those are all obvious things that he's improved at. But it's the three-point shooting, it's the shot creation, it's the dribbling, all these things that, yes, he's made incremental growth at, but at the end of the day has not really manifested those strides that he loves to tell us about at all in the regular season um, in games. So it is a tradition, and it has not yet played out um, in, a, in a real way that helps the Suns win games. But here we are. I'm going to put this up on the screen. Um, I'll read it for some of those who may not have seen. Um, talking about, I think it's funny because I sacrifice a lot, and I don't think the world is really seeing my game, becoming more of an offensive threat, put a lot of work in this offseason, and, and last but not least, the coaches empowering him most of all, to basically be a a leader, I mean, a a voice more so in the locker room, in, in the offense, on the court, the same way that we know he has to be and has been already on the defensive end, right? So I think one of those is more possible than the other. And I think that the one that's more possible is, is him becoming more of a voice and him being a source of wisdom for his teammates, especially younger younger teammates or guys like JaVale McGee who may be a little bit newer to this system, that I think can happen because I do think DeAndre Ayton is finding his voice, finding his comfort and confidence in this system and I think and in this program. I think that's been actually dating back to before the bubble. There were a lot of interviews he gave. Well, remember the one with Maria Taylor? There were different times when he spoke with um, media during that that hiatus and came across as very confident. I think having a child, you know, having a, a relationship and, and providing for his family, all those things I think have, have played a role. So I think he can be that within the context of this team. I don't know if those skills are, are going to come along. And, I, and I'm not saying that I don't think so. I just feel like that's a see it more than a hear it type of, of situation, right? So if you're playing the optimistic part here, the comments we've heard from Aiton this week and, and the ones I just read, you would hope that the maybe that comfort and, and the empowerment to be a leader in the offense and, and be a voice there and, and know what's what and, and sort of be a helping hand, maybe that confidence and comfort actually makes him more confident and comfortable doing the actual skill work that, we're, that we all want to see him do, right? Maybe you know, being a voice in that way makes him feel like, well, hey, like, I know what I'm doing here. I know what I need to do. Maybe I can try this stuff. And maybe that's the missing ingredient there. I, I think that's the optimistic look at it. The negative is just, you know, more of the same. It's just not something that's developed for him. And he's a great, great player without it. So obviously, again, that is a see it rather than a hear it type of situation. But we'll, of course, <laughs> keep it monitored. I'm sure you all are waiting with bated breath as well. Landry Shamit is the other guy. And the big news of the week from his perspective that fits into this culture conversation today is uh, the fact that the Suns apparently wanted to trade for Landry Shamit for two years prior to landing him this summer on draft night or draft day rather, um, which is one, not a surprise. And two, 
pretty impressive that they kept at it. I mean, it's not a surprise because I think his skill set is going to be perfect for what the Suns want. He's already talked about, you know, some of why he believes he'll succeed in this system. And, and it's anyone who's watched that guy play from, from Iowa State to the Sixers to the Clippers to the Nets will, will obviously see why that could fit as a, just a shooter, uh, a smart player who can move without the ball, who can, you know, play make a little bit. All that is obvious. So it makes sense why they pursued him. It's still nevertheless impressive that they kept at it. And I think the the culture part of this, the reason it turned my head is, A, because you all know I'm a massive Landry Shamit believer. I really feel like this this could be and, and is likely to be a bit of a breakout, breakout season for him. So it's good that we're hearing that early bit of praise and, and you know the confidence that he's exuding, the fact that he feels comfortable working alongside Monty and, and recognizes some of the same principles from those Philadelphia days where they were able to, you know, meld their minds a little bit. And, and he said Monty took him under his wing. But uh, I'll, I'll just put this up here really quick. Monty said, it's a huge thrill for me. I've learned a lot from Landry. We were in Philly and we came to that organization at the same time. So both of us were new to the organization. They were able to, you know, again, match up, meet up, connect. And that was a big part of why Monty clearly kept at it in terms of, you know, working with James Jones to pursue the acquisition here. Big season for Landry Shamit, of course, as well, heading into a potential contract extension for himself or a new contract next summer in restricted free agency. So all of the reason in the world for him to ingratiate himself and and slide right into the Suns and what they are doing, you know I'm rooting for it because I think this guy is super talented and hasn't gotten a fair shake in the NBA So all of that to me says that the Suns, once again, to reiterate this point, are looking at camp and the preseason. And I imagine the regular season as an opportunity to allow their young guys, not, you know, the rookies necessarily, or, you know, Jalen Smith to me is a rookie still, but more this young core, this group of guys who is going to be the future of this team, they're going to get the opportunity to try things, to grow, to get better, to develop. And I think that that's all part of the plan. So it's a perfect way to jump into question number three uh, of our Suns preview series here. 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season. And that is, what is the state of the Suns culture? So we'll get into that here in just a second, piggybacking off of this training camp conversation. But first, a quick word from Indeed. General managers ask questions to find the right players like, do they have ice in their veins? When you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills that you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, including that interview step. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are already on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, shoot from 135 skills tests to make sure you find the applications from people with the skills that you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So join the more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. One last time for you. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. 
Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, and my favorite protein bar. Indeed likes to say, or rather, Built Bar likes to say, the healthiest candy bar ever. Please bear with me. I know the difference between the two companies, and I can speak here. Built Bar, of course, you have heard me talking about it. We are just weeks away from the unveiling of their production center, distribution center, all of their operations for the Valley coming to the Valley, which means when you order a Built Bar, you can know it will get here soon. It won't melt, and they'll be part of this community. They will be out and about at events, at sporting games, at all this different stuff. You will recognize and know and love Built Bar if you do not already. So if you needed one more reason to try these delicious protein bars, there it is. They are a member of the Phoenix community now as well, and we'll be rolling that out in the coming months. Try a summer favorite like strawberry or German chocolate, or go back to the classics like coconut or double chocolate or orange. They are all delicious. I promise you I've tried every single one. I would not be talking them up if I hadn't. Packed with protein, low on sugar, low on calories, and that perfect, perfect mix and uh, not too much, not too heavy. Get to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 when you make your purchase at built.com. Question number three here on our Locked on Suns, 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season preview series. Thanks again for making Locked on Suns your first listen every single morning. And the question again is, what is the state of the Suns culture? And I want to pick up right where I left off on the conversation about Shamit and Aiton. And it could be even extended to Mikhail Bridges, who we've also heard a lot of talk during training camp this week um, about his growth. I mean, Chris Paul basically was asked, you know, who, who's impressed you the most coming back into the facility and getting to work again? And he said Mikhail Bridges before the question was even done being asked by uh, actually Thursday's guest on the show, Dwayne Rankin over at the Arizona Republic. And nobody should be surprised by that, right? Because it's it's one and the same. It's it's the same thing I was saying about the rest of these guys. The culture to me, if I, if I was going to define it, is hunger. It is, um, yeah, I think hunger. I mean, I, I don't know of a, of a better way to say it. To me, that is the culture. And it might sound odd when you say, you know, that because... They just made it to the finals, and obviously this team is is not entirely young. There are guys like, you know, Crowder, Paul, McGee, who are on this team and and don't necessarily fit the mold of like developmental success stories or or projects here that that might really gain from spending time in Phoenix. But I think the re- the reason that they fit into that hunger culture, hungry culture, is that they are a, three of the veterans. I mean, especially Crowder and Paul, guys who, of anyone in the league who is, you know, past their prime or in their prime and, and not necessarily continuing to get better in the traditional sense are the guys who are most willing to work, right? I mean, Jay Crowder, there's nothing you can say about him to take away the the amount of effort and and improvement and development and work ethic that he had to have to even get to the NBA. This is not an athletic guy, right? I mean, in the traditional explosive jumping, running, he is none of that stuff. He looks like he should be playing, you know, football. He looks like he should be a running back or a linebacker or something or, you know, whatever it might be. And it does not look like somebody who should be guarding LeBron James. And it's a testament to his work ethic that he's done that. Chris Paul, obviously the same way. He's probably, of any Hall of Famer left in the NBA, the single guy who is most willing to get into a young player situation and get to work. He's proven that 
with the Thunder and now the Suns. It's why I focused on that element of his of his career at this point so, so much last season is it is rare and it is remarkable that a guy like that would want to come in here and put the work in to, to feed that hunger, right? So in that way, the hunger is going to translate to continuing to compete for a championship. But in the, the way that I was talking about it with Shamit or with Aiton or with Bridges is it's a hunger to keep growing because it can get lost. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday with Dwayne a little bit too of in terms of where Monty Williams wants to take this program in, in part two of the series. And we got into a conversation about, you know, how do you balance the competitiveness, the desire, like they're going into the season thinking, you know, the championship is ours for the taking if we want it. And, and rightly so, I, I actually agree with that. But you also can't, you know, we saw during the, the, the off season that they by no means are just jumping, you know, six steps ahead in, in any sort of process here. Like, Yes, they got JaVale McGee, but that was an obvious area of need. A backup center is by no means taking up some other player's opportunities. And other than him, the majority of the moves were guys like Landry Shamit, growing, allowing Jalen Smith to continue to grow, giving Abdul Nader another shot here. Those moves were very much done in a way of like, yes, we're going to continue to win, but we're not going to put all of our chips into the middle of that particular table. There is still plenty of growth here to be able to done to be done and we have a hunger to do it right I mean and, and they're still instilling that right the short breaks are earned joke that I made coming off of media day and, and obviously kind of poking fun at Monty there but it's all part and parcel of how this team looks at itself and that to me really at the end of the day is the culture it is that hungry mentality from Devin Booker to Chris Paul on down to the younger players and the other part of that to me is that the, the, the thing that this season will have to be in terms of that hunger and that, that creating and developing that culture is to, it already, it seeps into everything that they do from an, you know, from a player acquisition standpoint to a, you know, how they practice and how they talk about things and, and approach every day. But I think what this season will be able to do is to just sort of widen it, to, to make it the identity of the entire organization. And I think that's really the next step because that stuff, you know, sometimes it comes from the top down, sometimes it comes from the bottom up, but in this case, I think it's coming mostly from Monty Williams and James Jones and and then finding players who can match that like Chris Paul. And obviously Devin Booker has always had that streak in him. He, He deserves a lot of credit for developing into the kind of player that he has in the same way. So that's what the next step is going to be. And that's what I want to get into in the next segment. First though, one last quick break to tell you about betonline.ag, which is back and better than ever. Your one-stop shop all pro and college football season long. Not only do they have basketball bets like I've always been telling you about or even Vegas casino games, but they are rolling in tons of odds, props, and contests related to the NFL as well as the NCAA football season. So, Head to betonline.ag, and here's how you're going to celebrate. Make an account today if you have not already. Use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit and get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. Yes, that is a 50% welcome bonus. Put $100 in, you're going to get 50 right off the top to start rolling in the money, rolling in the bets, and uh, giving it your best shot. It's, uh, it's all we really can do. It is tons of fun during football season because there are games on top of games, on top of games. So 
Again, that's betonline.ag. Make an account, and when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's close out here. Continuing with question number three of our Suns preview series, 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season. That question is where, what is the state of the Suns culture? I talked a little bit about hunger and the way that that defines this team. And let's close out here by comparing that to the other squads around the NBA. Because I think, again, the the real work that this season will give the Suns, the opportunity it will give them is to make that hunger a everyday factor across the entire organization. For the Suns to become known for that. To that for that to be when a when a player, a free agent, or a drafted player is looking at the Suns, they're going to say, when I go there, I know I'm going to have to really work and, and have a positive attitude, work well with my teammates, get better, be a good communicator, and, and all of those things. All the things we know have characterized this entire roster, but it's not going to be this roster forever, right? And that's what starts to take a team from good to great, from great to consistently excellent is those habits and that consistent everyday approach. So what I mean by that is these examples around the league of, let me just kind of like word association here a little bit, like the heat, right? I mean, I think that would be, you'd probably say strict, right? Like they are very public and and rah-rah about you know, you're going to have to get your body fat to this percentage. You're going to, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler talking about, you know, the workouts that are endlessly earlier and earlier by, by opening night of this season, he may be talking about 1am workouts for all we know. These are, these are the characteristics that the Heat want to be known for. The Spurs, right? It would be probably diligence or, or subtleness. Like they are very much a Tim Duncan culture, right? The quiet, killer the quiet star I mean it just the the guy that got better and dominated and you never heard a word that's what the Spurs still want to be at the end of the day is is they want 15 Tim Duncans really and in you know in some ways similar to the heat it doesn't work for everybody right and I think you have to be willing to accept that um I would say the Lakers it's <laughs> it's shooting for the moon, right? I mean, it's it's constant roster turnover. It's, you know, playing up the star power. It is an openness with the media of, of you know, very much chest puffing and, and, and pride and all of those things. That, that's what that franchise is. And so I think for the Suns, for that hunger and sort of chip on your shoulder, you know, we're going to outwork everybody type of mentality for that to really, really become more than just something we talk about in training camp or, you know, that gets written about in in fluff pieces and for it to really become something, A, it's going to take more. uh, Look, I'm doing a season preview for 21-22. It's going to be many more months and years than just this season for that to really, truly take hold. But I do think coming off of that finals run, coming off of the success that they were able to um, have obviously in 2021 and even dating back to the bubble like this is how the people how people around the NBA basketball fans everywhere think of the Suns like do not get me wrong there that already is the way that people think of the Suns but for you know the really for the rubber to meet the road so to speak to use a, a little bit of a of an overused phrase there like it has to just 
be a top to bottom thing. It has to be Monty Williams continuing to push people. It has to be the openness and the freedom for young players to continue to make mistakes and grow even as you try to win. It's going to be, you know, empowering guys like Devin Booker and Chris Paul to have the amount of control over the team and and say so in in the everyday work that they do that that Monty Williams has given them, right? And it's going to continue to be this somewhat or sometimes and somewhat unorthodox approach to team building of targeting not a Miles McBride or Bones Highland or these exciting young rookies that we were all drooling over heading into the draft, but it's, no, we're going to go get a Landry Shamit because we believe he fits here. Um, we believe that he's somebody who can grow here, that, that our particular mentality and culture and, and system can maximize. And last but not least, it is demanding that out of the players who do come into the program. It's not accepting that you know, if we identify talent and we identify people that fit here, that it's just going to work because we're demanding that and, and we want it and we tell it about, you know, we tell everybody about it and everything else. No, it has to be that you hold your players to that level, that players hold one another to that level and that the, the leadership in place extends that same demand and, and everyday expectation out of everybody that is involved, right? So, I think all of that is going to happen. And, and again, that, that probably is, is exemplified in no better way than DeAndre Ayton to take it full circle because, you know, it, part of why I'm joking that it's a tradition unlike any other in terms of Suns training camp is to hear Ayton talking about his development on the offensive end is because we all know that that's what's needing to happen. So to hear Monty Williams sort of backing that up by saying we want him to be a voice and a leader, we want him to be able to develop some of that skill. He even went so far as to say like that is the normal trajectory and and progression for a big man. And he's worked with Anthony Davis. He's worked with Joel Embiid. Those words carry weight. And that to me is him demanding that hunger out of Aiton. Is it's to say you know we're expecting this of you. It is it is not something we would like. It's something that you should be doing and that you should want to do and that you're going to do for our team to improve. And so. Um, it's, it's all connected. We're hearing, it's why I want to do that this episode. Now I was looking through the questions and I was realizing that it was the best time to talk about the culture with during training camp, partially because of course, positivity is, uh, the currency of training camp, but also because it, it gives us the best examples of it. You don't always hear about that during the regular season. There's not a lot of opportunity because the games are just coming and they don't always matter and guys are hurt and tired and everything else. But right now we're getting a lot of insight into how this team wants to handle itself and handle its business every day. So that will wrap us up. Question number three, 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season. You can look forward on Monday to an answer to number four on our list with Max McCauley, formerly of the Seven Seconds or Less podcast, lovely member of Suns Twitter, always fun to chat with Max. So uh, he will be on the show. We'll get to chat and chop it up about whether the Suns actually need this third option because we have talked a lot about internal development and shot creation and all these things we've all been going crazy about since the finals. But I want to talk to him about A, is that actually as necessary as we're talking about it being? And B, who would that be? Who's the most likely? Who? What is the actual situation that could materialize this season that would really look like that and um, that would actually be something to bet on? Because I think a lot of the stuff we're talking about is not always reasonable or realistic. So that'll be Max McCauley on Monday with question number four. Enjoy your weekend and I will talk to you on the other side.